Honey Bee. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, November 16th, November 2021. November. Alongside Fire Pro G, Ian. It's still October. I'm Hudson Soft, Pat Country. On the show today, Ian, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the Zelda Game & Watch to my left. Uh, and Amico gets left, reviewed in, in Germany. Everything you own in a box to the left. I'm not sure what that is. Atari XP announced this morning. And more to happen. Uh, Ian, I, I, I battled the mouse over the past weekend and, and yet last night. You, sure did. But you can listen to the exclusive uh podcast on patreon.com slash you podcast to hear all about that what did you do this past weekend i uh <clears throat> hung out with a couple friends uh f- friends of the podcast uh friends of the sh- of the program the program friends, friends of the program our friends lisa and tom came into town uh you met up with us we went to uh mitch's for seafood it was very Could good. Be our new our new spot our new hangout place Ian. i had a uh, had a crab cake there it was delicious it was a wonderful crab cake <laughs> it was uh, wonderful it was great and then uh, my back is still shit, so they, you're back. Uh, you're back. Vonnie went and hung out with them in LA yesterday, and uh, brought me back uh, pork buns and uh, some other delicious treats. So that's pretty nice. Um, I also started playing Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, that just came out on Friday. Um, that game was announced. It was first shown at the very first Switch reveal. I was going to say, that sounds familiar to that game. Um, it was just still images that they showed then. Um, oh, yeah. And okay. basically just announced it was coming and then said nothing about it for about four years. And then earlier this year, they were like, it's finally coming out. And it's coming out. That's the uh, Fire Pro method. Yeah, it's, it's coming out uh, you know, by the end of this year. So uh, for those who don't know, Persona is a very popular RPG series. Persona is actually a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series. Um, they're generally darker RPGs. The... Mainline Shin Megami Tensei games play almost kind of similar to uh, like demonic Pokemon. Um, You play as a main character, but you have to talk and uh, barter and convince other demons to join your side uh, by giving them money and and items and stuff. Then they fight for you. But you have a small amount of these characters that you can keep with you at any given time. The big thing with... um, the Shin Megami Tensei games is demon fusion. So every, you, you get them, you level them up, but then you sacrifice them to make new demons just as quickly as you get them. So you're constantly changing your loadout. And it has a great soundtrack. You said load. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, really liking it. It's hard. I'm playing it on casual, and it's still a difficult fucking game. Um, it's nice to play an RPG like this where things like stat buffs and debuffs actually mean something. Because when I play games like Final Fantasy, you can usually just scroll, you know, gloss over all that stuff you don't need to get into the systems in the game oh, really? like final fantasy you can usually you know as long There's as you're leveled well enough you can you can mash attack gotcha. and spell and you know kind of get through it and in shin megami tensei games um, you know, there's there's a lot more going on in playing to, you know, enemy weaknesses and your strengths is, is much more important. So yeah, that's what I did this weekend. It's it's been good. Yeah, I, I did some uh, some yoga. Um I, I convalesced I think I really think uh, I always say this that uh, 2020 w- was, there was no travel that year for me, um, and now this year I'm reintegrating the travel back into my schedule and um, doing three events in in what is that five weekends is not the not how I can continue to sustain life. I think it's uh, so it was good just to like relax 
for like a weekend. Sure. I, I know, oh, this weekend coming up, I can relax again and start to do stuff. Like maybe edit a new Flea Market Madness. Uh, so that'll be, that'd be fun uh, to do. Other than that, I don't know what, what I did uh, this weekend. I'm trying to remember. We got, we got some good food. We laughed a little bit. We arm wrestled a couple times. You one, two out of three. So, so, I bought, so, I bought, so I bought the calamari. <laughs> I, did not, I, I did not arm wrestle anything. I was just looking at some, I saw a picture of one of those arm wrestling arcade machines the oh, other we had, day. Oh, we had down the shore. It was they're, they're cool as shit, but like they're always meant for right hand righties. So I don't think I could ever play them. You got to develop the ambidextrousness. Ambidextrity? Yeah. Uh, let's celebrate the life of Bob Lawton. Founder of Fun Spot, passed away 90 years old, surrounded by his family. They're gonna, the family's going to continue to. Uh, Look after fun spot going forward. And that's 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 a good life. It was ninety. Yeah, ninety is ninety. A, a long run. Good run, providing arcade fun for everyone for decades. Good for you, Bob. Thank you for your service, Bob Lott. Uh, YouTube announced something big. Big big news. Where is it? Big, 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 big news. They are getting rid, or they are, they already reduced course. They were getting rid of the thumbs up and thumbs down on, on videos. Um, then they reversed course and said, we're still going to have it, but they won't be, the score won't be visible unless you're a creator who ch- chooses to see it on the, the back end, or you could, you know, not enable it so you never see what the score is. So there's uh, a thumbs up and a thumbs down now, but you just don't see numbers associated. I don't know what it's going through. I th- as of yesterday, when I looked there, there was still, they were still visible. Mm. Uh, and of course the most thumbs down video was that announcement. Yeah. And, um, this is a, I very, there's mixed feelings on this because there's, there's obviously pros and cons to this. It, it seems like YouTube always does things like three years too late and they're super slow to move. It seems like a, a sort of top heavy co- uh, company maybe. And that, the user experience gets left behind. That's what I've seen in my experience. It's like the actual user experience is the last fucking thing they concern themselves about. They're more concerned about tinkering with the goddamn algorithm every year and a half. That's what it seems to me. To me. Um, and that's even like a mystery. To, uh, but anyway, so the point is, that's what they decided to do. Um, but the targeting, the dislikes, and obviously people do it because they're, they're, they're trolls. They do it. And there's even Boston probably do it, but there's, there is a reason to have the dislike though. It, it, it prevents people in theory from not watching videos that are clickbait, have nothing to do with the title or description uh, or promoting scams or like bad. You know what I mean? There's a reason why that thumbs down exists. So hopefully before you click on it and your search results, you can say, Oh wow, this is like 90% thumbs down. I don't want to watch this. You know, there's a reason for it to exist. So, I'm glad they made the decision to keep the thumbs up and thumb down because then hopefully um, the algorithm will still, I, th- I think either way, like it's still, it's still um, interaction within the algorithm and a thumbs up and thumb down or even leaving bad comments. It, it, it still helps a video, but there has to be something in place in YouTube side to not promote videos that are scams or fishy or fishes themselves. PHI. There has to be. I think it serves. It, I think it serves its function. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I don't want creators getting harassed. I don't want that sort of thing happening. But I've never heard of the thumbs down being an issue. You hear about issues on Twitch and things like that. But I, I've never seen a huge movement of creators being like, I'm getting too many thumbs down. And it's plus harassment. You, I, you can disable that your, yourself already. Right. Uh, we, I could have disabled it. We had uh, a, you know, brigading from a couple of, you know, you know. Oh, can you, can you disable thumbs yeah. up and thumbs down? You can disable so it's not seen. Absolutely. 
you can do that. Then yeah, you can, disable, no... you can disable comments. You can do whatever you want. I know you can disable comments. Then there's no reason for for YouTube to get rid of it. It's purely for advertisers. I feel like at that point, I don't know. But 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 the fact that they reverse course so quickly, I I hate when these companies make decisions and reserve re- reverse course because it's so quickly because it shows me they are so out of touch with with what people think are thinking the user base. It happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time with the twenty hours. Oh, we didn't know what was going on. Like maybe you should have asked. Maybe you should have asked people. Maybe you should have asked some of the creators. Maybe even the creators that, like I said, like like I said, we we've been victims of this, but we don't think it should go away. Yeah, it's a small price to pay, you know. Um, so, yeah, but now, the, but then adding the stipulation now that well, if they remo- they're going to remove it, but now I can see it on the back end. But then the option not to see it still, I guess whatever. If you want to be, you don't want to see it, you know. But I guess as long as the algorithm is protected, though, that's fine. But there has to be a way. For low quality content to not get recommended or come up in search results, that's the bottom line. If they have a way to way to, to account for that, then yeah, within six months, I think people with I think people would will get past this. There's been tons of big changes on YouTube before. Remember there were all the reply videos when that went away. People lost their mind. It used to be a rating. It used to, be, it used to rate the videos. Mm-hmm. It used to be a star rating. God, it seemed like I was a, a thousand Jesus, years ago. Yeah, that really does. So there you go. It is what it is. Um, Playdate. News, Ian. Bummer. So, sorry, uh, sorry, to me too. Uh, so the play date has been delayed by two months. That uh, for those keeping score at home, uh, three portable systems were supposed to launch in December. Uh, right now, we might be getting one, and I'm not even a hundred percent certain on that. But this was going to launch. There's a this was, reason. I know. I'm getting yeah. there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell the audience that I'm not flaying them alive. But play date does have a good reason. And that is um, they found 5,000 defective batteries in their initial run of uh, 20,000 units, uh, thereabouts. So they're sending... In the first batch. Yep. So they're sending all of them back to have all the batteries replaced. Um, basically, they were testing out the batteries, and they found that some of them um, were so bad that they weren't even holding a charge ever. They weren't taking a charge, so they were just bad batteries. Anyone who's worked with batteries, I, I, we've had issues with uh, like replacement PSP batteries and GBASP batteries that worked before where we've gotten a bad batch. Sometimes there's just a manufacturing problem, and they come to you basically already spent. So they're sending them back to get all those replaced, and then they're going to start shipping them out. Um, they say about two months they think these are going to be shipping out in February. Um, and what a, what a nightmare, though, for them to discover that after they have them in hand. It's like, it was, was there not spot checking being done at the, at, the, at the factory? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, who knows? Um, so, but they gave a, you know, a really good explanation. They explained what they're doing. They explained the time frame. They took pictures of them. These things are manufactured. They're made. This isn't vaporware. They just discovered an unfortunate problem before they got to shipping. So they're going to take care of it. Um, other Playdate news that's a bit more interesting uh, is that uh, supply shortage has hit them. Um, they've been told that the current CPU, I think it is, that they use for their the, the current build, uh, they would not be able to get more of them for 730 days. So two years. I'll say that's two years on the, on the nose, isn't it? 365 times two, Pat Math? Yeah. Yeah, thereabouts. They said, they, why don't you just say two years? <laughs> 
Does 730 days make it seem like it's not as bad as two years? I guess. I mean, to me, it sounds worse than two years. Yes. That seems like a, like a ton of days. Well, I think that's the point. They wanted to really, <laughs> you know, make it seem bad. So um, <laughs> That's two years. That's two years. So they uh, did a whole bunch of redesigns, and they have a new board. New board, new CPU. They found a replacement. They found a comparable CPU. They said that no one should notice any differences on the outside in terms of how it acts, and that's what they'll be using going forward. So this is, I mean, so you're you're getting the first twenty thousand bets. You're gonna have the original design. Yeah. After that, mine, they're gonna change it up. Right. But there should be no difference. Obviously, that these are these are little CPUs that are not too. Yeah. Powerful. This this should have no, yeah, difference no difference in performance, how it looks, holds weight, etc. It it's won't change the price. Functionally, be the same thing. It'll be yeah. They're they're gonna keep it the uh, same price. Um, but it's interesting the approach because obviously it costs costs time and money to redesign a board. They said it costs yeah. them lots of money. So, but they realize though <laughs> we have to do well by our customers we can't screw them over and right this is one of the things you do during a during a chip shortage is you try to redesign and to make sure your product comes out especially after people put in pre-orders elbow elbow nudge nudge yeah you don't just sit around without a new release date and say well it'll happen you don't just happens. blame the pandemic constantly because guess what tons of products are still coming out electronic products during the pandemic and they're figuring shit out you do shit you yes. do shit even even if you take a little bit of a loss Overall, it's good for the health of your of your company to put out products and to get revenue in. This is common sense, but I'm just reiterating it. So they were very upfront about it. I don't think people were complaining or, or it's like, okay, bad batteries. It's good you discover it now. Obviously, they show up and be a catastrophe if half the batteries people got. No, that would be yet. that would be. I, I think I think right now they're in a position where because they can show their progress. Um, I think the two month delay is a way easier thing for them to weather optically yeah. uh, as opposed to having one quarter of your shipped units have faulty batteries yeah um, that would look that would look awful so yeah so let's see so you're gonna get the first twenty thousand uh, a couple months later uh second half of uh, 2022 with another ten thousand landing at the end of 22 i'm not gonna get mine till the end of next year now oh man i'm gonna miss the whole season i'm like what 21 22,000, i think the okay. season starts from the moment you open it Oh, so I, I, it takes I have to catch up. Yeah, really? Yeah, unless you find a way to hack it, which I'm sure people will do. There's a there's a there's a time barrier. It's it, your season time starts line? from the moment you open it. Uh oh. Okay. All right, play date. All right, play date. But I'm, I'm glad they're I'm glad they figured things out. They they're figuring things out here and getting the product out. I think it's going to be a big deal when you hear they when they when you hear like I guess they haven't released the official number, but when you hear there was like at least fifty thousand of these sold, like at least that's like the, what the word is. That's, yeah. that's that's significant for a product like this. And it could be more than that. Once it comes out, they can do more. Good for you, Playdate. Good guys, uh, Playdate, providing a good product that people uh, want to enjoy. Just like at UltimateTennel.com. You can enjoy lots of good products there. I, I don't have to redesign a lot, but you know, I update the certain Ultimate, ultimate uh, guidebooks between different revisions. Uh, we have RBI Baseball stickers that aren't redesigned. The, the pins are fine. That's, that's, that's what you get there. And uh, yeah. I made the transition working. I made it work. It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. 6.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be on Twitch Wednesday. Twitch.tv slash country code. Ian will not show up, I don't think. Nope. I will be recording a podcast tomorrow, but I'll keep it secret as to which one. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm on Cameo, Cameo.com slash Pat Country. I'm going to be also at the SAC Gamers Expo in Sacramento, December 18th and 19th as well. Come out and see me in, is that Northern California officially, Sacramento? Yeah. 
That is, right? Yeah. Or middle? It's before, is that before it's San Nor- Francisco? It's NorCal. It's before San Francisco. That was before. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I always forget the orientation of Sacramento versus San Francisco. All I know is you get to San Francisco, then a Bigfoot starts living like 10 minutes above that. It's like the last major city, then it's like Bigfoot territory in California there. Uh, you want to talk about the Xbox 20th anniversary? anniversary of backwards compatibility for the Xbox. Well, 20th anniversary well, of the Xbox. <laughs> 20th anniversary of the Xbox. Uh, they did some backwards compatibility updates. I don't think anyone well, was expecting any more um, necessarily backwards compatibility of original Xbox titles. So they did. I think they announced, I think it's something like 70 more titles for backwards compatibility. 76, according to the IGN article there. Uh, 360 and original Xbox game titles. Um, bringing the list up uh, to a really healthy number. It's, of course, not everything. There are still some glaring misses. But I think for people, they didn't expect more to, anyways, so this is a really nice surprise. Microsoft did kind of put a period at the end of that sentence, though. They did say because of licensing restrictions and funds and, you know, just time, they, they can no longer dedicate any more uh, time to backwards compatibility of those systems. Um, I'm sure there's still plenty of backwards compatibility. Actually, I think it's 100% backwards compatibility with Xbox One titles. So they're done with the 360. I Xbox should hope backwards compatibility. There's not a hell of a lot of exclusive Xbox yeah. Series no, X. I mean, <laughs> what I mean is I don't think it's by title. I think it's just everything plays. I don't think they have to do Got, anything special. Nothing special. It's just right. a more powerful computer, basically. Right. Exactly. They don't do the tender loving care on the original Xbox and 360 stuff to the same extent. So, um, yeah, nice from, to see. From the list here, you know, do a couple here. You got all the fear games on here. 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand is was, on there. That's the game I always bring up, had the ridiculousness of the 50 Cent game, Blood on the Sands. But it's supposed to be a pretty good game. It, it is supposed to be a halfway decent Because the first one, he's just on the streets. Second one, he goes to the Middle East yeah. and fights terrorists or something. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, but it's, we love 50. Um, got some Disney games in here. You got a few Dead or Alive games. You got Lego Lord of the Rings. You got Manhunt. You got, oh, you got the Max Payne. You got a couple Mortal Kombat's on here. Uh, Quake Arena Arcade. I'm not familiar with that one. Ridge Racer 6 for the Namco fans like Ian. Something called Screw Jumper, uh, Skate Two. Oh, you get you get a bunch of Star Wars games. That's pretty big. You get Jedi yeah. Knight Two. Uh, that, that was on th- uh, three sixty. No, that was on original Xbox. I was gonna say that's that old. Okay, Clone Wars, uh, Revenge of the, of the Sith, original Star- Xbox, Starfighter. Then you get these FPS boost games, which uh, it gets the old games and makes them like sixty frames, and you get like HDR support or whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of them there. Uh, looks like on the first person. Well. Alan Wake isn't a first-person shooter, but it's a first-person, so I guess that makes sense. It's a, same thing. You're a first-person. I guess you get a better frame rate versus the original. You get slightly better color range and things like that. But I think I think I read something you can turn it on or off if you don't want Max to. Payne is third-person. Huh? Max Payne is third-person. Did I say Max Payne? I thought you did. Max Payne was part of the um, backwards compatibility, but not this FPS boost. It's a different list. My brain is scrambled. Yeah, FPS boost has some of those games, but it's not. It's Aha. Gotcha. So like uh, for like Alan Wake's on that list. Uh, some of the Fallout games, Gears of War, for example. So I read that you can turn it off because originally you, the HDR thing was just, okay, you have to play it like that. But if you want to play the original, which we'll get into later, but now it's an option to turn off the FPS boost or, and or the, uh, the HDR that's attached to it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the cloud gaming, which I should probably get on at some point when I play uh, new games again. Uh, the Xbox cloud gaming sounds really, really nice. Yeah. Speaking of wanting to play original versions, speaking of, speaking of, uh, GTA Definitive Edition came out, and ooh lordy, it's it's what we all feared basically. Yeah, so I was actually kind of looking forward to this because I have not played a single minute of GTA Three, Vice City, San Andreas. I haven't played a what? I, I have not played a 
I have not played a minute of a GTA what? game since they went 3D. What? Just never had any interest. What? I know. That's insane. Yep. So I was kind of looking forward to it. I was like, sweet, I'll just get this three pack and get all the PlayStation 2 ones and, and your Xbox ones and play through them. But no. Now, the GTA Definitive games uh, apparently are just miserable. Um, I don't know if people have been looking at it, but there's been bugs. Um, been a lot of problems. Uh, it looks like basically they took the cheapest route forward. Um, and based on what I've been reading, it looks like they had AI basically smooth out and handle the upscaling. Yes, for of, a lot of it. For, for most of the game. And they're based on, it sounds like, sounds like mobile ports. Yes. Engines of the mobile ports, which were problematic to begin with. So you're making a port of a problematic port. So they, they didn't do it from scratch. It's a, it's a fucking cheap, the cheapest thing possible. Right, and I, I can't believe they what have the, the fucking hell? balls. Rock, Rockstar, who has uh, billions of dollars. Rockstar, who made their entire name I mean, off can, of GTA. You can like other things Rockstar has done. That's fine. Their table tennis game was fantastic on the 360, but they made their name on GTA. They should be ashamed as a company. Especially, especially because they removed all the old versions yes. from stores. You can't buy them anymore. This definitive version is all you have. Definitive, they have the balls to say. Um, I mean, say you well about Microsoft when they put out those, those, you know, all those Halo uh, remakes. They they weren't as bad as this. Oh, they were nice. Yeah, like they put and they realized this is our franchise. We have to tr- treat this with love. This is this is what it looks like is an abomination. I saw a Digital Foundry did a great comparison. It's like forty minutes long comparing all the differences, even between the Xbox original Xbox at the time that were slightly better than the PS2 and different. Ch- they went really in depth. We're talking stuff like like uh, not having on the newest version having fucking taillights when the originals have. Oh, you said like brake lights aren't in the, on the original. There's no tail. There's, there's, br- there's, no there's like brake lights. But there's no taillights at night, for example. Things like that. The rain effect. It looks miserable. Uh, the, the rain effect on this new version are the brightest white streaks possible to, to interpret as an tr- interpretation of rain. And it follows the, it's locked to the camera. It's not in the environment. It's on the camera. So like it'll turn and move as you do. And you'll see it like not hit objects or go in between objects. It's fucked up. It looks terrible. It looks worse than the what now 20, almost 20 year old GTA 3. I think GTA 3 is 20 years old. It looks worse uh, than it. it blinds you when you're playing. There's no art. There's no consistent art style like with the original. See, see we, the faces talk, all look really weird. They look weird. They look, th- there's no uniformity of how things look. Like there was like cool motion effects in the original, and there was that, that, that kind of like greenish bluish filter effect yeah. that was like cinematic in a way to sort of cover up some maybe the, the low res filters. They don't do any of that with this version. It's just we're going to upscale it, but the upscaling so it looks like trash. So here you go. So what I what I was reading was that a lot of what they think they used was like uh, you know basically AI smoothing. Uh, people talk a lot about an effect. I think it was called like they subdivided basically the surface or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, subdivisions is the best rush. So oh yeah, that's for sure. But so that's why like there, there's the pictures going around of like uh, the dude on the bike and his arms got like multiple joints. It's because they they use that on there and it it it. it broke the arm because they tried to smooth it but it ended up creating additional like it looks wavy it looks like a cheeto uh the big one that i saw was there was a a donut shop called tough nut donuts in i think it's san andreas okay and it shows a donut on top of the building and then next to it is a nut like uh you know a nut that you screw six-sided hexagonal nut 
And of course, the donut's not perfectly round because in the original version, it's it's you know PlayStation Two or an Xbox, so it's a little polygonal. They shoved it through smoothing, so now the donut is round, but the nut itself is round. You can see where it's subdivided on the surfaces oh and God. just rounded so, out the nut. So, so, so the visual joke is lost too because they applied no like care to it. I saw in this video. Uh, from Digital Foundry, so the upscaling even fucked up like letters on like posters on the street yeah. because they didn't bother to double check. So they, this was literally a pl- like a like a plaster filter job. The, it, it's sloppy as hell. It's like oh yeah, you get like more dynamic shadows in this version. You get more dynamic uh, lights and shadows on like um what like on like street lights and stuff at night. It's like yeah, but now there's stuff like the headlights before looked okay twenty years ago. Now the headlights have like these uh, uh, horizontal lines in them for no reason. It looks horrible. And that's why I go back to people wanting to like upscale all the old games. It's like if you enjoyed it when it come out, when it came out, there's no reason you still can't enjoy that game. It still looks fine. I was looking at the comparison. I thought, when I was looking at the comparison uh, shots on the PS2, I thought that wasn't the PS2. I said, oh, this looks better than the PS2. No, it looked fine in the PS2. It looked fine. You accepted that there was low-res uh, polygons on there. You accepted it. And then, of course, like I said the Xbox One looked a little bit better back then when it came out. Um, like for example, like on the Xbox, they added fingers to the hand models so that, that they didn't have on the PS2. So the Xbox probably was the best version of that one at the time when it came out. Slightly more powerful than the PS2. Did a little bit uh, more there, but there was even other stupid things I saw in, in this comparison. So like you know, the beginning of like uh, missions or segments, they they put the title on the screen in GTA games. On uh, the original games, they put them at the bottom. They put them at the bottom for no reason at all. Like they, no reason. In this version, they put them in the middle so it covers up what you're looking at in the cutscene, what have you, and they linger for far too long. And again, there's just no reason to make changes like this. There's, there's no reason to do these dumb changes. And it's almost like Rockstar just said, we'll just farm this out and who the fuck cares how it ends up. That's how I look at this. Oh, yeah. What a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, this, if you care about the legacy of your company, you, you would look into this. But no, at this point, it's obviously all shareholders and, oh, we're making so much money on GTA Online that we don't have to worry about coming out uh, for, with, with GTA 6 for, until, like I don't know, at this point, it's going to be like five years probably. Then they're starting to work on it, but it's going to be like several years. So it's like it's ridiculous. And I thought it Play was, the originals. Someone pointed out, I thought it was, it, well, you can't now. And that's the well, not thing. Well, well, you can not right. th- with this. Um, someone pointed out that Rockstar uh, took a shot at... Um, CD Projekt Red last year about cyberpunk. How dare they after this? This is a game that was already that's been. Finished I mean, for 20 you can years. you can you can take I, that shot, but, but you can't. But then you can't the next year release this garbage no. into the wild <laughs> for a game that you were just re up. You know, you were just updating the, the resolution on and re, like you weren't recreating a game from scratch. But this, I can't believe I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not taking Project Red side here. But holy shit! Oh yeah, no, neither am I. This this should have been a slam dunk or closer to a slam dunk. Yeah. All it proves is that, you know, upscaling and stuff like there is no easy way to do it. You have to go in and you have to do it with care. This reminds me of like the early days of like uh, HD TVs and 2D games getting ported to places like Xbox Live Arcade. And they would just get this, these garbage smoothing filters thrown it over them that, that looked awful and completely ruined everything. Uh, um, yeah, it's just and then and then over time they started taking their time and upscaling properly on these 2D games. And now right. we have these amazing looking 2D games again. You got to take the same care with the 3D stuff. I cannot. Well, you have to look how bad the rain is in this game. Like, look no, at I this. saw. I mean, how did that? How did someone at Rockstar see that and say that's acceptable? Like, you couldn't even take down the contrast to like twenty percent of it. Like, like it hurts your eyes. Like, there's no way to play that. There's no way you can play that when it starts to rain. It looks hard. It looks horrible. 
Apparently, modders have already uh, a, a day ago. Modders have uh, fixed the rain in the definitive but, edition. But if the that's modder, not fucked up, that I mean, modder, they, it, it's going to be like Bethesda releasing game. Modders are going to be the people who have to fix this and make it okay. And I mean, if that's the case, you're never going to want to own this on a console. Or you wait like three years until it's patched out. All, all this stuff. Again, I would not. Rockstar's got to do something. Uh, again, I would not be as pissed. But they took away the original version. Why not have it? They have the original yeah. version available in this package. Yeah, the, the fucking, why, why not? The, the, the hubris. The balls. This is fu- fu- it goes back to George Lucas. Updating things and getting rid of the original. Like We don't care if you update it. Have the original version available. Pride cometh before the fall and all that. Goes, it all goes back to fucking Star Wars. All right, that could have been almost a full topic. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's next? Water. Water. What a country. Water announced there are going to re- start to release population reports. Not for everything right away, of course. Do your slow clap here. So obviously, WADA's gotten a lot of heat since the summer and uh, allegations of, of insider, basically insider trading and the, the founder of Heritage Auctions being involved with WADA, which is, I mean, that's, it is a thing. And, and Carl Job's uh, landmark video. We've been talking about this stuff for like two and a half years at this point. So I guess public pressure has finally caved after they the, after the company was sold, so it doesn't even matter that much anymore, and they've already gotten away with murder, that uh, they're going to be releasing some population reports here, Ian. Population reports. We actually said on a previous podcast, I think maybe even the last podcast, I was asked, is there anything that WADA can do to redeem themselves? And this, is, this is the first thing that I, I said. Um, I, think, I think going forward, any collectible uh, grading company um, I think population reports are Im- important. Um, otherwise, you're selling people on a hope and a dream and not giving them any of that information to make that decision. Well, it's like it's like blind gambling. Intelligently, you don't even know what the odds, like uh, right. theoretical odds if, are. If, if you're gambling, you should know the odds. Then the, that's what you're the doing. The casinos here. tell you the odds. Yeah, you know the odds when you when you gamble mm-hmm. um, for most of this stuff. Uh, this is this is the, the, they sent out an email. As you may have heard, we were acquired by Collector's Universe in July. It was literally the week after the big auction. It was all set up. It was all, they all planned it. And we're excited to share some big improvements to Water Games. Uh, they're moving to Southern California. We're excited to join PSA and PCGS at Collector's Universe headquarters and be able to utilize the company's resources, blah, blah, blah. They're going to grow up, blah, 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 blah. So they're doing it all in-house. Uh, we were equally excited to bring to you the first ever Water population reports later this month. The initial one will be limited to NES games. Why? And will include, will not include seal ratings at first. Again, why? But more because you have it all already in your database. But more games and more complete uh, population reports will soon follow. We'll give you the opportunity to provide to provide feedback, correct any errors, and tell us what you like. Correct any errors. You are the people that have all the information. What errors could there be for us to correct? It is an exciting and much needed step for WADA. And our community, and we'll want to want your input from the start. So they no longer can hide the fact that it's totally uh, bullshit that they didn't do this. They did this to pump up the market. Sure. Uh, there's no other reason why you don't have population reports. You don't. Want, there's no reason to hide what comes through your basically your factory of what you're, you're grading here. Because even even heritage officers had to say yes, we need this. 
Even Harris Auctions, who's making a lot of money with this, realizes that overall you need this because there could be a, a, a crash potentially if you wait too long and this stuff comes out. You realize, oh shit, there's 78 of these games that I thought were like super rare. 1.5 million Mario 64 pushed their hand. I mean, they, they had to. It's nuts. They had to at that point before everyone started thinking they had gold. But like the damage has been done. Except the damage has been done. That person has spent the 1.5 million. They lost a million dollars probably at least. That's being generous. Uh, yes, it's their risk to take, but like people getting caught up into this stuff is the only reason the stuff gets big. It's the only reason a lot of the, you know, the crypto stuff gets big. It's all the FOMO. It's all the hype. It's a psychology thing that happens. Your, your rationale goes out the window, and that's how people get away, get away with fraudulent behavior when it comes to a lot of this stuff. They don't, their rational thinking goes away. So it's a start, but it's nuts that it won't be every single console i really want to see how many spider-mans they have on 2600 i really want to see how oh many. that's good that's gonna be my favorite that's your favorite yeah I, I need to know how many spider-mans they but have there's no reason why you would include the seal ratings like like what you again you have these all in a database already just make it a searchable database online well that's an excuse i'm reading the email here um for the sound but correcting any errors what errors would be that's nuts to me. Like you're not giving me any, you're not giving me any faith. If you're supposed to be the authority that you're going to come out and, and we need to correct errors and, and tell us what you want to see. next. This is what I want to see next. Ian, everything, every console, everything that's passed through you, every rating, every seal rating, you have all the information, release it all. There's no reason you have to drip feed this out, except you're trying to protect your own ass. That why else would you drip feed it out? It should be, it should be all searchable. It was searchable before with a with a whatever a bug on the website. There was like a back end bug or something weird. People were getting the information before. Make it searchable. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I mean I don't know what they have to do to get it prepared to put out there. But yes, I'm sure they could just do a whole database. Do a searchable database. It's not rocket science here. Uh, Ian, I got a nice game and watch. I bought the second one. Game and watch. Game and watch. I got the Legend of Zelda game and watch. For the 35th anniversary of, of Legend of Zelda, they did one last year for the Super Mario Brothers. I was, I was impressed with the quality of the Super Mario Brothers. I think you were too. Sure. Uh, last year, yeah. it's, it's your traditional game and watch, very sturdy. It has the USB uh, C connector, which Nintendo likes to do the C's. They don't do the micros, which is nice because C is now the standard. Um, you get you get all. I was going to say everything is switched to C. Thank much. God, the micro ones are, are horrible. Um, you get you get your cute little timing on there. You can you can set your your, your time. To Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two, but not Link's Awakening, which is also one of the one of the uh, three games on here, or well, four technically if you count the Vermin uh, game, which I got 144 on. Like that's Vermin's fun; it's more fun than the juggling the ball, by the way. So this is again a nice little package. Uh, as you can see, Ian, you can select the English or Japanese version of that's the pretty cool of the first two of the first two games, and the third game you can get uh, the uh, other European languages. Well, I guess I guess at that point they had different languages. But what's interesting is I double checked. Uh, you get the different uh, music. You get the dis- Famicom disc versions. Oh, nice of of the Zelda one and Zelda two. So that's that's a nice little touch. They yeah, don't have that to is. do that. That is a nice little touch. Uh, but of course, then it's in Japanese when you go around. So it's it's hard to play. Yeah, unless you know the game. So um, what I like about the Game and Watch series that they're doing on here, and maybe they'll continue, is that you can do a lot of these, especially now that they put the select and start buttons above the B and A. You basically have four buttons at your disposal. I don't I don't think they're ever going to add any triggers to the top to do Super Nintendo games. No. But I think for the eight bit which is Game Boy and NES. I think you can do a lot with this. And um, having the select and start right above is really nice, especially if you're playing Zelda. I imagine you're shooting arrows, the select's right there. Same thing with like Metroid, it'd be easy to do that, or with even Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. But um, no, this is a cute little thing. I will say this, though. It's a little bit 
I didn't play Zelda for more than like 20 minutes. I played Link's Awakening for like a half hour. Really fun game. Don't yell at me. I never played it really before. I got to get into it. But I love the style of Link's Awakening. It's a really cute combination of the original Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past in terms of the style and aesthetic. I love it uh, so far. And it seems like there's a cute little sense of humor. It's my favorite. What's your favorite of the series? Right. I love Link's Awakening. Don't yeah. spoil it. I'm in, I'm in the forest right now looking for the key. It's amazing. Whatever. And I'm getting lost. I'm in the lost forest getting lost. Um, so, yeah, it's enjoyable. It was $50. Um, now the question of course is will we see more of these everyone's asking that will, will they come out in these it's been one a year it's going to be a great stocking stuff for Christmas seller $50 I think it's a nice price probably could be a little cheaper but whatever it's, a, it's high quality I do like the fact that they updated the box let me go get it the box it has a built in stand on the back so you can display it here and it has a colored uh, Triforce here and also secures the uh, USB-C in there. So it's, it's, it's overall a nicer design package than the Super Mario Brothers. They did a nice job with this. They didn't have to do something like this, but it's a nice little display on here. Nice. So that's cool. You want to take a look at it real quick while I talk more about it? So, um, yeah, I don't have much more to say about it. It's, it's, if, you, if you want to play Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, is probably a good way to do it. I will say this. I don't know if it'll be more straining on the eyes over time because unlike Super Mario Brothers where... Uh, you're, you're, you're thinking, you're looking at usually movement in one direction. On this, you look at directions in all four. I think that might toy with your eyes a little bit. I'm trying to be, look out for people's eye health. Mm. It's so small. Um, and you're playing, you, you can change from, from the, like the, like the, like TV widescreen or four, like four, three to like this, to the pixel perfect square. Oh. You can do either one. Nice. So, but I think it might be harder to play these games for a long period of time. You oh, should sure. definitely take a break because like, you got to look at like eight Octoroks on the screen with little links shooting around. That's a lot different than looking at just one Mario jumping around. Yeah. It's a lot more to focus your eyes on. I can understand that. So that's the only thing I'll say. So that's why Pat has awful vision or used to because of the, the NES. So take your breaks. They warn you 10 minutes every hour. Take your break on that. So do you think there'll be a future? They'll do like one of these a year? For anniversary, just for the hell of it, we'll do like, eh, we'll do a Mike Tyson's punch out. I think one. people are reading or, or too much out. into the one a year since the anniversaries for both Mario and Zelda have have gotten, um, you know, were successive. But if they wanted to do another anniversary, Kirby's 30th anniversary is next year. So so they had obviously the, the NES one, you had Game Boy games. You, you could do Kirby NES and Kirby 1 and 2 from the Game Boy. I mean, throw Kirby's pinball on there. They already got the tech. They got it worked out. Yeah. It's not that much work. Make a pink Putting shell around. for it, and off it goes. I, it'll, be the, it'll be the first one that didn't exist as a game wash, but I think I think I think they're going to do at least one a year going forward. I think it'll it'll they're, they're going to sell. Yeah. They're, they're going to sell, and you can get them easily. You can get they're not like, like people were feared the Super Mario one would, would be hard to get. No, you can get them readily. Mm-hmm. They, they made probably millions of these things, so I think it's interesting. The other thing I want to touch upon is that the reason I think these are cute and why I think they really touch people is that. Unlike getting an NES Classic or playing um, Switch Online, playing an original Legend of Zelda, um, you're playing the old games in an old way. Like, this is officially sure. a way you would have played it in the late 80s. It, the, the, the game matches the technology of the time period. Yeah, it's now USB, sure. whatever. It, but besides that, though, this is, it's, like, it's a total transportation back in time. Like, totally. Versus playing, yeah, you can play Legend of Zelda a thousand ways. That's what makes these a little bit more interesting to me, if that makes sense. Plus, you know, we, everyone loves the handhelds. Ian loves the handhelds. Yeah, I think just uh, making it a physical object is what makes it more interesting. Yeah. It's 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 neat to hold, and they're all well done. Like I said, these are all well done. Yeah, yeah. so people are going to try to hack them or 
what are further games? They found that there just wasn't much was room. worth to hack in the like in, in the uh, Mario one. I don't know if the Zelda one's going to be any different. But like a, only there just was there. there was there was very little space. There wasn't yeah there wasn't enough room to really do anything. You could maybe get a couple other games on there, but no, I yeah I looked into it after it came out, and no one was really doing anything with it. So good, keep it pure. Let's keep it pure. So Kirby, Punch Out's not popular enough. Uh, maybe Metroid. Maybe do a Metroid one. Uh, I mean, you would only or be able to do first? Metroid on the NES because the Metroid on Super Nintendo uses more buttons. They could do Metroid in, in Metroid 2. Yeah. They can do. Yeah, it's, it's they've been putting at least, well, yeah, you're right. It's two to three games because Mario was only two games. Mario was only two games. Mario right? really should have had two and three on it. I don't know why. Yeah. That was really strange. Yeah, that was kind of weird uh, to that. I guess they wanted to celebrate the original anniversary of the first game. But yeah, I think that they did They did follow-ups. I think they would all sell. Like one or two, maybe two a year. I think they would do, they would do gangbusters. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong? Can you, can you do one and put in the, the fucking cement factory? Can you, can you do that? There's a ROM that they fixed and put in the cement factory. Can yeah. we do that? And they, that would be kind of cool if they did that. If they did what one, two, and three, or they always forget about it. poor old Stanley. He doesn't. Stanley. They'll just they'll just do. They'll, they'll basically give you Donkey Kong classics. They won't, they won't give you a separate ROM. No. They'll give you the classics with the menu uh, select there. They would. Well, if they did that though, I guess. Oh, there's there's the the, uh, the Game Boy ones. I guess you can throw a couple of those on there. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Fiori is a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional workout gear. We're not talking about sweatpants or track suits. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't feel or look like it. If you want to wear it all the time, want to go to the store, want to go to the movies, want to go get something to eat, you can. Since it's comfortable and it looks good. It might be more comfortable than what you're wearing right now. And the clothes are incredibly versatile. It can be used for just about any activity. You want to go running in it, you want to do some yoga, you want to train in it, but you can just lounge around, play some games, run some errands, go to the food store. Whatever you want to do, you won't look or feel out of place. Whether you're camping, hanging out, just enjoying a day at home, Viore's clothes are perfect for what you're doing. For instance, take a look at the Sunday Performance Jogger. These are the softest joggers that you're ever going to own, and they look just as good on the treadmill as they do on the couch watching basketball. You got the Ponto short. You can get cozy in them. The perfect lounge or work-from-home shorts made with their signature dream knit fabric, lightweight and smooth like butter. The shorts have a soft, stretchy material. And the classic elastic waistband. And the Seaside Hoodie. It's my favorite. It's a classic zip-up hoodie with next-level comfort and made with four-way stretch and a soft brushed fleece. It was created to accompany activity as well as adventure. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at vioreclothing.com slash podcast. That's V-U- O-R-I clothing.com slash CU podcast. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but you'll enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. Go to vioreclothing.com slash CU podcast and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Oh, sliding into the podcast. That's the more like a shimmy than a slide. main podcast. That's a Steph Curry shimmy. Shimmy. Uh, Amico on television, Amico. Y'all know what the Amico is. Y'all know what the Amico is. There was a, another kind of review preview of the Amico that came from, uh, what's, what is the name of this actual website? It's Heiss Online. Heiss Online. 
Um, the model in Deutschland. And the translated title of the article is Intellivision Amico tried out the console with the Wollmilchau controller. Now, what Wollmilchau is, is it refers to a uh, mythical beast in German folklore uh, that I believe it means uh, wool, milk, meat. So basically, it's a, it's a mythical animal that does everything. So it it's, has, has the picture I'm looking at has has a pig's head, it has like like a like a rooster's tail, it has cow udders and like duck feet. So they're calling the controller a mythical can do it all is basically what they're saying. Um, this article definitely reads less advertorial than um, some of the previous ones did. Uh, I'd say this is probably if 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 you consider yourself genuinely middle of the road on the Amico or undecided. Um, I think this article is probably a good one for you to read uh, because it addresses some serious concerns without being over the top or um, incendiary, I guess. Um, and it, it's, it gives you the facts. It doesn't sugarcoat. In the first, in the first, in the second, uh, the second paragraph brings up. Uh, company boss Tommy Tarico threatened a U.S. meeting with legal action that had reported a leak from the developer portal. It doesn't gloss over the, the, the bad behavior right. uh, of the CEO, for example. doesn't gloss over bad behavior and definitely says some things. It definitely has its concerns. So there are two things that I really want to point out from this article, that, uh, and, and one of them that I think is something we haven't really mentioned um, but is important to bring up. So they talk about the games that are on the Amico, and they talk about how um, this is supposed to be a system, you know, that is easy to pick up and play, uh, you know, for grandma, uh, grandpa, uh, mm-hmm. you know, your, your older relatives, your parents and such. Um, and they talk about how they played a little bit of skiing, uh, Astro Smash and Evil Knievel. And they talked about the controller. So the controller has the directional disc. It has the shoulder buttons. It has the buttons underneath and it has mm-hmm. the touchscreen. But it can also be re- oriented... Uh, Left to right, vertically right or to horizontal. left, vertically. Yeah. Um, and they talk about how the games share uh, no. There's no through line on the controls. Basically, there's no there's there's no um, overall cohesiveness of, of the control schemes. So basically, oh, in missile command. So basically, he says, you know, you pick up um, evil Knievel and you can use the gyro or you can use the disc. And they talk about how the gyro seems very spotty on the controller in the article. They talk about how it doesn't it, it, it seems um, doesn't seem sensitive enough or or too sensitive maybe it's jittery. Okay. Um, but then they talk about how uh, missile command you aim with the touchpad and then you fire by using the disc by pressing left or right on for the, the disc th- for the three different fire uh, missile silos. Sure. Right. And then they talk about how skiing you just use the control stick but not the gyro which but not the which gyro been interesting which would have made sense because skiing you lean so if you're yeah. trying to make a, a console that is you know usable by everyone um you want there to be some sort of through line so that when they learn the controls of one game they can apply it to the next, next game that they play especially if these are quick gaming experiences especially yeah if they're quick gaming experiences they're going to be translate tra- changing up you know what they're playing often and you know, what they say is that there appears to be too much of an attempt to use gimmicky things on this controller, and there is no, um, you know, there is no cohesive feel to it. So 
they actually think it would be harder for people who aren't used to video games because they have to keep, they can orient the controller this way or this way, or they were moving at one point with this, but now they're moving with this. Whereas, honestly, and, and we've always given Tommy shit for this because it, it's true, there's nothing that confusing about a modern controller. No. Once you learn how to play one game with a modern controller, you kind of, they're designed by people who are smart and they design, they don't design these things to be hard to use. That, I mean, that, that, that's against, yeah. that's they, against the design ethos. They design yeah. these things, they design the games and the controls so that people can apply what they know from one game to another. It's why, it's why once you learn how to play one game on like a Switch, you can pick up, you, you know what your forward button is, you know what your cancel button is, you know you're moving with this, you know shoulder buttons are usually going to be where you shoot when you're playing a first-person shooter. There are things that pass on, and there's nothing like, there's nothing like that happening here. We've had 40 years of, you can say, of market research into game controllers by the companies themselves trying and sometimes failing. There's a reason why they did away with the Intellivision disc because it sucked back in 1979. They did away with like the chunky, uh, chunky controllers with the keypads that they tried to do on, on three different consoles. They tried to do that. And even the, the chunky joystick that the ColecoVision had, which was okay, but not the best thing. There's a reason why when Nintendo said, we're going to do a D-pad, that every fucking console after that had to do a D-pad. They figured out this is what, we, this is what works for the, for the most amount of people. It's easy to figure out, and we're going to carry this forward. Well, like, it, was, it was a natural progression. And I want to point out that the Switch was, uh, you know, uh, they used the remote and the nunchuck, you know, and it was to, you know, it's supposed to be easy mean, for casual people or the Wii, but they got a D pad, but they abandoned that too. They didn't, they didn't keep up with it. Why? Because the controller always shows itself to be the best input method for video games. They still had, they still had, but they still had face buttons available. They had what worked just in case a game needed it. They didn't just say, well, you know. We had this forever. We're going to do this. No, they realize this is what people are used to. We play games now for 40 years, a lot of us, sometimes more. Why abandon what you know works? You know these things work. You know that a face button is the best way to play a platformer. Not what they say, spongy, which was on our fear, spongy buttons yeah, spongy on the top. shoulder buttons. We always complain. We always say, oh, are these going to be clicky buttons or spongy? A spongy shoulder button is the worst way to play an action game. Yeah. It's harder to press it multiple times. You don't get that direct feedback when you're pressing it back and forth. It's the only thing that's bad. You even can't even call them spongy, but the Super Nintendo shoulder buttons are the worst thing about that controller, and the rest of the controller is fantastic. Sometimes they can be a little bit off. So it's hard to do shoulder buttons properly, uh, but it, it's not what you want for a game where you're constantly pressing them. You do not want to use shoulder bu buttons, at least those old school ones, when you're constantly pressing shit for a platformer. You don't want it to also, like, for example, for like Finnegan uh, Fox... Hit the fucking button, the touchpad to jump, for example, is miserable. And I think they pointed that out in this. I think they mentioned that here. Or someone did. What? There, there was Finnegan Fox in this one, or someone was talking about the, the, the event in Boston, how it's hard to keep jumping in Finnegan Fox. That's why someone in Boston pointed out. Uh, it was, it's hard to keep jumping when you hit the touch screen to jump. Hmm. Things like that, that there's a reason why this stuff was never done before. There's a reason why video game companies stayed away or shied away from these because it was tried before or they realized we can't do this. We can't do this. Um, um, they, they the other thing I wanted to point out real quick was just that basically this, this, this article or this uh, section of it, nevertheless, the Amico controller left an ambivalent impression can do pretty much everything, but none of it exceptionally well, which is, I think what we all have known. The controller is really the fucking albatross around Tommy's neck on, on, on this one. 
on the Amico. Well, it's also the price being horrible, which they point out in the article at the end. It's going to be, the, you know, it's, they point out all oh, the switches about the same amount of money. Yeah. What are you going to play, you know, at that point? But, um, um, I mean, we've heard that internally the controller is not well loved. No. I mean, they spend, they, they're spending, and in, in, in they're spending so much time. Uh, after all of those, you know, like, uh, you know, the Turkey Point, uh, you know, get together with 15 people or whatever it turkey was. Turkey Point? Uh, uh, Thanksgiving Point. Um, <laughs> they're always, they they dedicate so much time to people being like, the controller's fine. It's good. It's not bad. It, it's you, not broken. You, like, the controller uh, is obviously a problem. Now, now, now they like to say that, well, there's, there's, there's no lag in this. Well, there was 10 months ago, but now that it's gone, we fixed it. That means the controller works great. No, it doesn't. It means you have a functional controller. It doesn't mean it's going to work well with your games. But congratulations for, for, for not you know, trying to trick people and having upside-down controllers anymore in, in your gameplay videos. Um, they also talk that this is an important thing about the German influence on this console. I didn't know there was this, this amount. Hans Ippich, which is, who's the head of... There's, there's the Intellivision Germany company, which from what I hear, they're the real company behind this in terms of like the financials. Right. They're the one managing this. 17 of the 25 launch games they, they claim to be 25, 17 are being developed by German studios. 17 That's of 25 them. launch games now? They said there's 25 launch games. I don't think there's going to be 25 launch games, but 17. They brought up skiing. They brought up Space Strikers, which, which is going to come out on the Switch as well. Uh, but we, we talked about how, again, this is, there was a Bavarian Arts and Entertainment grant where several of their games, like skiing and cornhole, and I believe Astro Smash. They've all of their pack-in games with the exception I don't think it's all of them. But it's, but it's at least four of them. Uh, they come from German grant money. So without the German uh, influence, you would not have a console. You would not have these games being developed. Right. You would have almost no packing games. That's an important key, to, I think, to, to know the health of this company. Well, I was talking about whether or not they have to pay back that Bavarian grant money and how that grant even works. Um, they call it the all-rounder controller. So the orientation of the display only changes after pressing the home button. So that does not change accidentally while playing. That's that's not bad. Loudspeaker and microphone, like a vibration motor, can be switched off are also part of the controller. They talked about the LEDs real quick. Let me find that. That was an interesting part when I read this article about the LEDs. Um, here we go. An LED around the controller. This is talking about Astro Smash. An LED around the controller, control disc, flashes in time with the game or shows which piece you are controlling. In Astro Smash, for example, a blue light signals that the fate of the blue spaceship is currently being steered. That's, that's just bad translation. It just means that it glows blue to represent you're the blue ship. But you, you don't know you're the blue ship? You have to look at the controller to realize you're the blue well, ship? I'm sure you would know. There, it's just a it's gimmicky so, thing. thing just to use the LED. Yes, I was exactly. trying to, I'm like, okay. No, I, I think it's just weird translation. It's not saying it does anything special. The visual aid is really handy, especially since it can get chaotic on the television. I don't understand that. Like, looking at your controller is not going to let you know on screen which one is it. It has to be blue on screen. Otherwise, how do you know what you're controlling? That seems like a really weird stretch to think that the LED is going to help you for something like I that. I think that's exactly what it is. Though. I think They're it's stretching. just them stretching, trying to find something. Uh, they talk oh, that's about, handy. Uh, carefree console for parents. Okay. Uh, titles have a maximum age rating of six years old. I guess that means for the minimum. The max minimum is six years old. No YouTube apps or even a web browser. This would ensure that parents can put Amico in their children's room without any worries. Uh, all games are specifically developed for the Amico or adapted and strictly curated. Which is funny because when you say put the Amico in their children's room, kids nowadays, a lot of them don't even have a TV. Or even if they have a children's room, they have their pad, their iPad. Right. That's their entertainment medium or their phone. 
That's their world. It just shows you how out of touch even an article trying to be positive about it can be like, well, children's room, big TVs and hooked up consoles now. Like I said, that's it, not, a lot of this is uh, – and, and I see this with, I think, some well-meaning people too who, who have gotten behind the Amico and don't really push it. Sure. But have been like, oh, I'm kind of interested in it. And they say stuff like this without realizing that it sounds nice, but it, it, it functionally means nothing this in the modern era. This isn't 2004. It's not 1994. It, yeah. it, it, we're, we're, beyond, uh, we're beyond the need for, for this. Unless you just want to spend money, the, everything that you could possibly want out of the Amico is available on the Switch. But here's a, here's like a strike against it from the article writer. Uh, the project does not always succeed. In the game menus in particular, it was often completely unclear whether it was necessary to press one of the buttons or operate the touchscreen. There are no standardized rules for navigation. So that's a great point. It goes back to the control scheme setup. This is the problem when you have a hodgepodge system where you get grant money, you try to hire people, you, you do ports of games that pre-exist on Switch or, or mobile devices. Th- these aren't built from the ground up, some of these games. Or, or you're just making sure you're trying to go for quantity over quality. And at the same time, you have no one on staff that maybe help or give them rules. You have your rule, your Ten Commandments for games. How about every game, this is how you should navigate menus? Or, well, that's or, what I was going to say. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, this proves that they say things like, oh, it's a family console and we want it to be for the people who don't know how to game. They can say that and that sounds nice in theory. But if you don't actually implement design yes. into your console that makes it easy for people, doesn't matter if all of your games are fucking depthless fucking shoebox shark shark yeah, yeah shark shark if they can't figure out how to get into uh, the game this is that's a great point that's one thing we never brought up we brought up, i brought up the fact how i think we did uh, there was no cohesive look to the design the actual look no of the it, it looks it looks but, as thrown thrown together but, as it is this is this is damning from this article in the case of several titles it took a few minutes despite the instructions for all players to successfully dial into a title that is bad that's uh, bad yeah that's real bad if you got to pass around, if you have four controllers, pass around these controllers, have mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, little Johnny and Sue figure out how to do this. We're talking all experience levels, all different experiences, playing uh, games in the past or not. Now you have to give them this, this what they say is even not even a very ergonomic controller, awkward controller yes, to, hold. It's awkward to hold. Um, that's not going to be your quick and easy, let's go. That's not going to be we bowling. Here, grandma, swing it. Hold the button, swing it. That's that's your wee bolting, right? That's it. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot more to say uh, other than um, you'll notice that this is not one of the articles that Tommy has been uh, touting around the internet like he does with um, all the other ones. Yeah, the, the Republic investors. I don't think they're getting this one. Uh, let's see, let's have an update to Republic. I'm sure they want to know about all the physical products that have sold. Oh no, there has been an update since September 30th. On Republic. These people gave you millions of dollars. They're not good enough to get an update. Even every every other week. Let alone every month. They came to do it every month. That's, it's, it's bad. Um, oh, there's a positive. Pool and Billiard uh, showed how they could use the, uh, the controller well. Uh, you can first roughly position the queue using the touchscreen before fine-tuning it with the control disc. If you want, you can, even set, you can set the exact point of impact on the ball on the touchscreen. That's from, that was from Danish developer studio... Uh, there. Pool Legends has already gained experience with the development of touchscreens uh, for smartphones. Okay, so, so they already had experience with games on touch on touchscreen, so that's how they can do it there. Um, 
Ipish has recognized this as a problem and promises improvement. Three of the games pre-installed at the launch that Highs Online has not been able to try out should use the gyroscope and touchscreen more intensely. As an example, in television uh, names, uh, I would say Farkle, in which dice are thrown from the touchscreen onto the monitor, and Cornhole, on the other hand, you should throw bags as precisely as possible using motion controls. Yes, if they get the motion controls working, since they had to rework them. In future developments, Intellivision wants to place more value on the fact that the special abilities of the controllers are used. I think when you when you have this sort of marketing from controller out versus game first, I think that's again the sort of like the like you said the albatross. You have to you should be selling a console again on the games. What games are yeah? You everything they've tried to sell this console on has not been on the games, which is what's crazy. They try to sell it on the console, they uh, on the controller. They tried to sell it on the look. They try to sell it on. Uh, nostalgia appeal when they're not trying to sell it as a uh, you know all-in-one family savior. Uh, here's the thing about the uh, the lag here. We did not notice we we didn't notice any noticeable delay between input and response. The input felt just as low as in latency as other game consoles. Great, they figured it out. Some games were a bit sluggish, but that was always due to the software implementation. What what does it mean? The games were a bit sluggish, but that was due to the software implementation. It means that the games aren't finely tuned. So that means like they're not being responsive still, or they're not they're not being frames per second. That seems like that was something Hans told him to say that it was due to software, not hardware. That's a weird thing. How would they know that if they're just reviewing the game with a software implementation? Again, not? I think it's a translation thing. I don't think there's enough in that article that I don't think Hans told them to say something. I think we're just not understanding it properly. Okay, but it does say sluggish though. That's a, that's a very Keyword. They were a bit sluggish in the games. Okay. Uh, here, you talk about the ambivalent impression of the controller. Um, this, is, this is a great point here. Maybe it would have been smarter if Intelligent had committed itself to a single gimmick. Like they said for the Playdate, in which some games were specially designed with a special crank control. Instead, Amika wants to be able to do everything and pays for this flexibility with the problem areas mentioned. There you go. So again, the controller is the, is the, the death nail to this console and the price that's that's the one two combination here i mean and and the, the fact that a lot of these games are you know they're mobile quality and some of them are ports are pretty easy. i mean there's a lot of bad problems here but that controller my lord yeah. i don't think people would be nearly as critical of this whole thing if you had more standard hell if the controllers were almost like a direct knockoff of, of the freaking uh, wii controllers i don't think people would complain as much compared to this because at least you know that functioned and people, you know, you can play different types of games, either using for motion or as a platformer, holding the controller. You can still play a Super Mario game on that. At least you had that uh, going on with this. But, um, yeah, this, there it goes. Spongy, spongy, spongy buttons. What I feared. Spongy buttons is the worst when it comes to uh, playing action games. The overloaded Wool Michelle controller in particular, particular still looks half-baked and lacks a clear... Vision. Many of the games shown are also entertaining for a short time at best, or would or would work at least as well in other systems. Wow, that sounds like something some dumb hater podcasters probably said. The games could work in other systems. Mm-hmm. You could have published these on PS4. We were idiots, though. What's you, that? We were called idiots though because you need this controller. You need it. You need it for all these games. You can't do Missile Command in any console. Mm-mm. You can't do Shark Shark in any console that exists. You can't do it. You can't do Evil Evil Knievel. You know you can do it on a, on a smartphone. And the game's been out for five, six years. All right, anything else to add here? No. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Ho, 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 gentlemen. 
The holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself, or someone who may need it, the gift of beautiful skin, hairs, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use code Podcast for 20% off and free shipping. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past, and it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants, <laughs> which is why you need Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. On your chestnuts. On your chestnuts. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. It's time to keep your North Pole feeling fresh. This hygiene bundle will also come with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. The perfect package for your perfect package. Manscaped is going beyond the groin with their new ultra-premium body wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. They also just launched their new 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydrating, nourishing, and conditioning the scalp, plus strengthening your hair at the same time. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Ho, ho, ho! Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CUPODCAST. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right, uh, Ian. Yes. Oh, yeah, we had a, this is a late breaking story. Tari XP. Yeah, saw that this morning. Atari is releasing uh, physical games again. Physical games, 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 actual games. Not, I mean, this isn't a hotel venture or crypto. Uh, well, I also uh, mean it's it's uh, not a physical product. It's a physical game. Oh, okay. I was going to say, but, but at least Atari's doing something that's like yeah, so, in brand. It's not a speaker hat. So, uh, you know. It's, uh, not, it's not an NFT. Freddie Freddy Chez, Freddy Chez uh, got uh, you know, side uh, he got pushed off to the side. He's doing the crypto. Business He's doing the now. weird shit, the hotel shared crypto. Shit. Um, so Atari is under you know new ownership, and at first, I, I think this is great. Well, well they have at a, first is a new ownership, or they have a, they have a new um, the new the new C or new well new business. CEO. Yeah. Um, and at first, I think this is pretty great. What are they doing? They're putting out um, three uh, Atari games that most people have heard of, um, but have never played. Um, they were unreleased games that Most Howard Scott Warshaw, um, our pal Howard, created in 1980 something, and they would have been due to release in 1983. Um, there's Aqua Venture, which obviously is kind of like a, it's a, you um, shoot shoot sea creatures to so you can get a treasure chest, and the mermaids take you to harder levels. Um, Saboteur, which is a multi-level game, uh, it looks kind of like Taz, and there is uh, Yars Return, a sequel to Yars Revenge that instead of just being um, horizontal left to right is actually all around. Hi, Pat here with the CU Podcast. Ian's left. I have an update to insert in here into the Atari XP uh, segment. Update. We were wrong on something. Not our fault. Atari's own website is promoting all three of the XP games as being from Howard Scott Warshaw including the note that Yars Return was created by Howard Scott Warshaw and slated for release in 1983. Howard has just informed me that 
He had nothing to do with Yara's return whatsoever. He said, and I quote, I don't know why they're claiming this. It's totally false. He has a sequel of his own on the way uh, that has nothing to do with Atari. Uh, and then Aqua Venture, as he's listed as a designer of, is nothing he's even ever heard of. He hasn't heard of the game. So Ian and I went too easy on Atari, not just screwing up the uh, limited uh, version uh, of their game versus the card only, but also, for some reason, falsely putting Howard Scott Warshaw's name on all three of these titles when two of them he was never involved with at all. So, I'm either going to end the segment with this or I'm going to cut back to us and me being overreactive, as Ian thinks, probably. I don't know. I'll just cut now. So, and, and the, yeah, so they get, they got these three games, games from a great developer, games that are probably, uh, and some of these I have played, are, you know, worth playing. Um, these have been released previously uh, by Atari on uh, Evercade cartridges. Okay. And I believe they were also probably released um, on the Atari game packs that came out, the four volumes that came out for PS4 and Xbox One. They threw but, them on the VCS? Were they, were they packed into the VCS? No. <laughs> um, but these are going to be put on actual Atari cartridges that can be played on the Atari. Um it gets less exciting the more you learn about it, though. Uh, one, Howard Scott Warshaw has no involvement in this. He confirmed that with me. I asked him, hey, how are you involved? He said, I was not consulted on this release. Not consulted. That's not... Um, if it's, you know, a matter of... I mean, if he sold rights off ages ago, I realize that's how business works. But you would think, especially if this is to appeal to collectors, you would want some sort of collaboration with the guy who made the games. He's, 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 not, he's, he's, not, one, of the, he's, he's one of the most famous Atari devs. I was going to say, he's not unknown. Yeah. So having his name officially on this would have been just a big boon to uh, you know Atari, yeah. and I mean throw the fucking guy some money. Yeah, I, I mean or or acknowledgement because when, when I saw yeah. you, that's why when I saw you didn't tweet it out, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Wouldn't you tweet something out that this was available? And I asked him, and he said, um, yeah, that he wasn't consulted on the release. Second is the price. Um, cart only. It's 50 bucks. That's the thing. Is it cart only or do you get a box? No, I don't think so. Because if the, you look at the limited edition, it doesn't show you anything. It just well, shows you the cart. And if you look at the re- uh, regular edition, it shows you a box. I think they mixed up the images. So I'm, I'm on Aqua Venture. The first image is a cart. The second one is a GIF of gameplay. I'll get into how that annoys me. This, the third picture is a cart with a box. I know. That's for the standard one, right? If you look at the yeah. limited edition one, it's just a cart. I think they put the Jesus Christ, right. Atari. Really? So Did I don't you even swap think... these on your, on your yes. fucking Shopify plug-in, Atari? So I don't think that they're... Are you kidding me? That's what they did? I think that's what happened. You got to be kidding me, Atari. You got to be. That's if you look at Saboteur, right. it shows you... Sa- Saboteur limited edition just shows a cart. Yes. The cart shows everything. Yes. Okay. I'm getting, so, I'm getting more annoyed by the second now, because now people might... Are, so, mm-hmm. card only, mm-hmm. 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Limited edition, mm-hmm. 150. Mm-hmm. Um, this limited edition includes a newly manufactured high-quality Atari 2600 cartridge made from special plastics, a premium poster, a printed instruction manual with bonus material, a collectible pin and badge, a certificate of authenticity, and a digital copy of the game, playable on the atari vcs so you get a digital copy and you get a uh physical copy um it doesn't say it's a rom it just says it's a digital copy of the game uh playable on the atari vcs Um, Uh, okay if you had a fucking vcs and you're buying this even though probably the the crossover appeal between people that have the vcs is probably so small the roms for these games have been out forever 
Um, I'm so annoyed now. So I that's, I mean, that's annoying. I, 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 we're not advertisers for them. I just like uh, what they do. Uh, $150 for the exact same sort of package that Retrobit gives you for 60 And Retrobit's $50 package for, like, cartridge-only games comes with a box and manual. You didn't, you didn't say one of the best parts what? of this. They're limiting this to 1983 copies. I don't care about the limiting of it. I mean, I don't know. But it shows, uh, for, but it shows how craven they are. They put a number on it to make sure that you're going to spend your 150 bucks on that on that on that version of it. That's that's extremely r- ridiculous. Obviously, it's a year that the the, the game crash happened. I I but, really don't see the big deal with limiting stuff. People limit shit all the time. But the fact that they go out of the way to say that, I think, is just the other little twist. We want to spend 150 dollars on something that we should have charged 50 bucks for. I feel like everything else is worse, but yes. Okay. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I haven't started yet. I think it's, uh, well, you say a lot of people know, about, I didn't know about these games. I'm not a big Atari. You pay guy, attention to the Atari? But exactly. When you say well, most yeah, of I'm, you, saying, you, I'm saying a lot of people who pay attention uh, to Atari know what these games are. But they're hitting a different audience now. They're, I mean, Atari has been in the news. They're trying to hit, for a lot of, they might be trying to hit people that, wow, this is Atari's first uh, official cart release since the 80s for the 2600. I'm going to put down my money. Now I'm pissed. That they haven't has anyone looked at their website works there that they switched switched around the the, the fifty and hundred dollar version of the website people might buy the fifty dollar version by accident and think they're getting a box yes that's ridiculous and they should get a box for fifty bucks that's insane so that's my first problem almost no one that's into this sort of stuff wants just the cartridge almost no one ah uh, see I would argue that I love uh, buying new releases I hate buying box editions I want the cartridge you want only the option. Okay. I want a, I, a, every game every game boy game that comes out these days that has a cart only option I buy if it's only complete I, I rarely touch it I want to take a poll of that I'm not I'm, I'm just saying that there are people who would just want I mean I, I love having physical stuff I don't need all the boxes and stuff but for they're going out to but they're going out to the VCS crowd they're going out to people that said oh I haven't played an Atari game forever I don't know about the homebrew community I didn't know that these games came out already I don't want I, a cartridge only for fifty dollars I would well, maybe no, do it no. for thirty here's the point the whole marking about this thing stinks I hate the fact that they don't have the it doesn't show you uh you know real gameplay footage with sound it's just a freaking gif. Of all three games, they couldn't. They couldn't. Well, you can't do like a YouTube unlisted link on, on, on this here. Is it even on there? Is it even on their YouTube? I'm looking right now. YouTube Atari Sabotar. Everything about this bothers me. The more I think about it, the fact that Howard's not involved bothers me. That's saying you know, obviously, if he worked for Atari, they probably own the rights to the game. But come on, you're putting his name. You're putting his name on all three games, even though one of the games it's not like he didn't work on here. Um, I'm just. I'm more bothered about this. The error thing is just amateur about having the wrong listings back and forth, that doesn't make any sense. But when you go into further, $150 is insane. Because that's like, we talked about how like I am, uh, 8-Bit had trouble moving their like Mega Man cards and Super Nintendo cards because they were overpriced. And that was for popular games. They were sitting on like those like those blue Mega Man games forever. What were those $150, $200? Well, the difference with that too also, I mean, the comment that I made at the time is they're charging $100 for a game you can go to a flea market and get for 20 I mean, they weren't releasing unreleased stuff. But that was unreasonable though. Yeah, and that's an, and that's a popular franchise. These are Atari games that were you know forgotten. Besides yours, the so, forgotten games. I want to point out that the, the on the FAQ they really should be better about this. On the FAQ, it says what comes with a limited edition cartridge, and it says the limited editions for each game include newly manufactured cartridge, poster, manual, with bonus material, pin, badge, authenticity, digital copy of the game. 
doesn't say anything about a box. So maybe the standard ones do come with a box, but they really should. But they, there's there's nothing on the FAQ that says what does a standard edition come with. And so you, who knows? And you can't tell when you look at the listing. Right. That's the problem. Because the limited one doesn't show anything. And yeah, it's, the limited one just shows the cards. Like you said, they swapped to them To me, somehow. it looks like they swapped them. So you're paying 50 bucks for a cart. I, I, I will let it, I will I will say that there is a slight chance that the fifty dollar one comes with a box and manual and if it does fine because that's what like I said that's what uh, Retrobit does for their boxed editions I I don't care if that's the case if it's just cartridge for fifty though that's ridiculous I think it's just cartridge based upon these listings based upon if they switch them it looks like it and the fact that it doesn't explicitly say you get a box I know yeah it's it's bad I I'm, I'm I mean I'm not going over the top I think. This should have been a $50 uh, limited edition release. 50, hell, $75, $80 for a limited edition release. And I think that would have been reasonable. Like Ian said, like you want to spend 30 bucks on a cart. There you go. Um, but I think it's done wrong. I hate the fact that I go to this site. I don't see what the game actually, how it actually plays. You can't even give me the boot up screen on this, on this GIF. It just, it just cycles like 8 to 10 seconds or whatever it is. It's just sort of like it's, it's, it's almost like they don't care they don't care about the game. They don't care about it. They just said, hey, we got these properties. We're going to get some people that bought the... They're going, they're, going after the they're going after the VCS market. They're going after people that thought it was cool and hip to spend $350 on something that they're no longer using to spend $150 on these games. That's, that's how I'm, I'm thinking that this, that's what their design is. I think, I think for, like the, for people like Ian, we'll get you for $50. Bucks, but we're going to get all those fools that we got for $400 or more or $500. Uh, if you buy all the joysticks, we're going to get you for $150 each. That's what they're thinking. They're going after the Atari hipsters, I think. The people that actually play these games uh, at anymore. That's what I think. Disappointed, Atari. Disappointed. It could have been a thing. Could have been a contender. Ian, we got a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. You go. You pay a little. I write. Uh, you get a full video podcast. We do hangouts. We, did, we do an exclusive podcast. Pat versus the, the field mouse this week. That's right. You get exclusive Ian podcast. He talks about bats. Talk a little bit about bats. And a Patreon uh, poll. Patreon poll. In second place, are sealed game collectors being mistreated? 15%. I don't know why you're not voting by that. I nudged you to vote for that one last week. And in first place, 85%. I'm like a dictator. What do you miss about gaming in the past? And what are you, what are you glad is gone from gaming in the past? You know what I don't miss about gaming in the past? I'll tell you what I don't miss oh, about gaming in the past. Eyes widen. Uh, no, I don't miss password save systems. Password save systems were uh, a fucking nightmare. And um, I feel like this is something that everyone knows about. But hey, I'm almost 40 and plenty of people are younger <laughs> than me. Uh, if you're younger and you don't know about password save systems, before there were battery saves or just you know hard drives and things like that in systems... Um, we saved using passwords. So what you would do in a game is you'd play a game like, say, a, a really bad example is, holy fuck, River City. Oh, a good example of a bad one is River City Ransom. Say you're playing a game like River City Ransom where you there's all sorts of stats and stuff that you can get and progress to save. And you're like, well, I'm done playing the game for the day. Uh, you go and you get a password. But you have to write it down. And it's it's it, it was rarely a small password with a game like say adventures of lolo it was pretty easy it was just a four four letter password it for your each, stage. it's just each stage it's, yeah uh there's nothing that carries over from stage to stage just tells you where you're restarting 
you know, to keep track of items or anything. But the more RPG elements get entered into a game, and the more there is to keep track of, the more items there are to find, and the more things carry over, you end up with games like River City Ransom, where you're putting in an entire page. That's a weird one because that came out like '89. They should have had they should or '90 in the U.S. They should have had that battery. Uh, and I think it was battery save in the actually I think it was a disc system game in Japan. Okay, that's but it's probably why because it wasn't a battery like save with in Kidder Japan. Metroid. Yeah. Got it. Um, so yeah, and and the thing is, no most of the time they were like, I would say maybe eight times four digits, eight digits times maybe four spaces. Like that was like Metroid and, and uh, Kid Icarus had similar ones. Um, so it wasn't like impossible to deal with, but there would always be a point in time, no matter how many times you checked that password when you wrote it down, there would always come a point in time, usually in the last third to quarter of the game, where you'd go and put that password in and the password just wouldn't register. So that's bad, Ian. That's really bad. That's bad. You know what's also bad? Hmm. When you have a battery save and you, it deletes anyway, yes, because that's like the false sense of security. When you have your whole your full baseball stars roster and over at Billy's, and he gets mad or something and just hits the power button without holding reset, and you can forget the hit reset. Sometimes we're playing like that or Legend of Zelda, and it gets wiped. The RAM gets right wiped. Yep, and you feel like you want to fucking kill someone. When you put like a month into building your baseball stars franchise and having all your creative players and your season, and everything is gone. And it ain't coming back. I can't remember which game it was. It might have been Zelda 1. Because I watched my dad beat Zelda 1, but maybe my mom's game got deleted on that. I still have my mom's save game on a Dragon Warrior cartridge. Maybe a Zelda 2 game got wiped. Um, But yeah, that was always awful. Like, the fact that we have solid, like, reliable spaces for our uh, save games now on actual hard drives. Real hard drives, flash drives, yes. And that's honestly a thing that's only been around since, like... 20 years? um, Excuse me. I mean, not for, even, for like, 15. Yeah, I mean... Well, PS2 with, had the hard drive? Uh, PS2 did for, like, the online game, but PS2 still used memory cards. It was Generation okay. 7. It was PS3, 360, well, well, and the, Wii, where things really started to get saved to an actual hard drive instead of a memory card. Were the memory cards on PS1 and PS2, were they pretty reliable, though? Uh, PS1, no, and third-party ones weren't. You'll always third hear about people. Weren't. And um, the PS2 ones were pretty right. reliable, but I've had corrupt ones. We'll stay in this track, though. What I don't miss is when we didn't have... The ability to save a game. That was miserable. And I don't think, wherever we brought this up before, I don't think we ever brought that up, how miserable it was to be forced to play a game to completion. Yeah. Like that's as, just, I mean, as a kid, it was fun, but as an adult, I realized that that, I mean, that's not a fun way to play games. It's miserable. Even as a kid, it wasn't fun. Because you're locked into an afternoon, instead of playing wiffle ball, I got to try to beat Ninja Gaiden. I can't stop. And, but you gotta, yeah, but you've gotta, and, and first you've gotta, you know, dedicate another half an hour to get back to that last level, and then you gotta try that. Yeah, it's it's annoying. You know, obviously with certain games like shooters or whatever, uh, repetition is part of the game. It's how you learn the game. It's how you get better at it. But with, like, platformers and stuff like that, especially some of the longer ones, man, I don't need to go through all those levels Plus, again. Plus, sometimes you're in the zone. Sometimes you're playing the best you ever played right then. Yeah. You're not gonna, like, sometimes, when I, I remember I played Ninja Guy as a kid, sometimes, yeah, I would fly through it get to the last stage and have problems with other times. they be like, Oh my God, this isn't my day. So like, then you got to, there's a different, I think mentality that was introduced for games. Whenever you want to say that when just about every game started to have, we'll just say saves you want, or, or most of them want to say like late nineties or whatever, when you had most of talking about console, obviously versus PC where you don't feel like you're, you're trapped anymore playing a game. So like you're trapped yeah. with that one game. Like you're forced to your experience is that one game and that's it. That's your you're playing that game for the day. That's your game. Yeah. That's it. 
That's that's your one game for today. Before you do homework, you can't do other games. One game. And that's something that's now totally gone. We have now freedom to be like, all right, save points, every console or whatever. You can suspend state in the, on your Switch. You can just put in sleep mode, come back to it. I mean, that's a that's a huge win for us. I ain't I ain't nostalgic about that. I'm not. I'm nostalgic about a lot of stuff. I don't miss that. So, um, and then real quick, just two things that I I I I I, uh, I do miss. Uh, well, one they're kind of hand in hand. Um, I miss being able to just jump into a game. Uh, I miss pressing start and playing. Uh, I. I like story in my games, don't get me wrong, but I think pacing of game, modern games, especially modern games, I think is very slow. I think games take a long time to get going. Um, I think there's even, you know, certain platformers. I think there's something to be said about being able to press start and just jump into a game. Um, I'm an intro level that sort of... Yeah, I don't... Basically, out. I don't... I, I, I hate the modern... Uh, I hate the modern two-hour-long tutorial. I don't want that. That's basically what the new Actraiser was. I'm playing this game. I'm like, wow, this is taking a long time to teach me the game. And you're repeating stuff over and over again. And and it's I, ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I, I hate that. I hate the modern tutorial. I'm glad it's there if people want it because some people, that's how they learn. They want to be shown. And I get that. But that's not me, which leads me to my next thing. I re- and I've said this before when this question has come up similarly. I miss more than anything instruction manuals i miss oh, yeah. having an instruction manual where's my play date reference from from the you mean I'm evercade yeah from Can't the day i started playing video games until oh. the day they stopped putting manuals in the in the boxes i would buy a game and go through the manual with rpgs i would buy the game and keep the manual near me so i could reference things like systems and things like that as i'm playing um, I hate having to do it all through in-game menus. I don't like in-game help menus. Uh, it's not as easy to find something as it is to just pick up a book and flip through it. And I hate reading. I hate reading huge long chunks of text on a screen. I want to read it on paper. I, it's just. I I know they cost money to print, but there was it's not that much. But it was it was far easier to just have a manual. I. I that's the one thing that I think people always gloss over when they talk about reading something digitally is. You can't just flip. The inability yeah. to flip and find something. That's is... why books have survived. Yes. The flipping and carrying around, you can't do that easily with a tablet and you can't go back to bookmark stuff. You can't And I have easily. I have an e-reader and I, I I like reading normal books on it, but like for uh, reference but no. for something like reference, it's impossible. I tried I tried reading like uh some Dungeons and Dragons shit on there and I, I deleted it off my fucking reader and just picked my uh, book back up because I it's it's impossible. It's a great point about manuals. And it's also another thing that manuals provides. It provides an entertainment companion outside of the game. Yeah. It's another form of enjoying the game when you're not playing the game. It gives you more background. You can take it with you. People would take them to school and read them or show them to their friends. Little introductory uh, story, character bios. It's another level of enjoyment that wasn't baked in the game, but actually enhanced the experience more so than a modern tutorial or a story. It's a different piece of art form, the writing in the manual, the, the, the artwork. It's totally different. I think that's been lost, just that alone. Some manuals used to show you some of the enemies you'd see. And, and the you'd posters. Get, and you'd get excited to be like, I want to see this guy. Or they'd uh, tell you a little bit about the levels that are coming up. Manuals were great. I it, spent an hour reading that Legend of Zelda poster packet. Sure. The story, all the items explained. all the like that's, That was an experience in and of itself, just that. That's gone. Uh, the, the, the one thing I bring up, we always bring up, is that we lost more of a of a uh, more of a kid, but probably because there was less console games coming out in the late '80s because it, it was mostly NES for people. Uh, 
everyone was playing the same thing for the most part. For, like, you had kids that get the weird games or other things, but for the most part, everyone was playing this new, new game was coming out, or at least talking about it. Everyone was talking about Bayouville when it came out, for example. It was a Nintendo Power. Everyone played know. Contra, everyone played Rampage, yeah. everyone played Mario 3. There was a communal experience. Uh, the other thing, the other thing I, this goes back to what Frank Cifaldi said in Not For Resale, uh, when you had less choice back then, it forced you to try things you wouldn't normally do. He said it made you a more interesting person. That's an interesting quote that he said. So, but yes, when you're when you're forced to play what at your, was at your friend's house, when he had Star Voyager, not the best example, but you put it in and you played it and you tinkered around with it. Well, it's, and, it, and, it it's yeah. true. If I was left to my own devices as a kid, I never would have picked up a fucking football game. I hate him. I, I, I thought I hated him, but I but that's but that's how I learned to love Tecmo. That's how I learned to enjoy fishing games was yes. by playing what was around. The games were, were super stupid expensive back then when you count for inflation, too. So, like, it's not like, you know, oh, we don't like these six games. Well, I ain't getting another game for five months, so we got to play right. these games. You know, that's it. Obviously, you can rent them out, but, I mean, not everyone had those easy options. You go over, you go over your friend Joey's house, you just play some street hockey or street tennis. What do you got, Joey? Oh, you got, you got uh, what, what was the game he had that was kind of weird? Hell, we played, he had Donkey Kong Jr. Math. Only kid I knew that had it. We played it because it was one of the options. Sure. It was there. Why did you have that game, Joey? Well, there's like three kids in the house. You had to learn how to count and stuff. I'll never forget that he had Tom Cunjun. I knew no other kid that had that game. Which supposed to means he had the NES early. He must have gotten like 86. He must have had it. Anyway, so yeah, that's, that's some of the stuff that we, we talk about. The manual is, is, is always a, a good one. And it's not just, oh, nostalgia thing for the manual. It's like you're, you're losing an art form. Yeah, well, you lose an art form, but you also just lose, you're losing the most practical, easy way to deliver information quickly to someone who's playing a yes. game, a manual on their lap. Instead of having to press start, go into the Tutorial, uh, online help menu, you know, yeah. have some f- stupid mascot show up and tell you how to get through. It's like, oh my God, okay, let me just read it and I'll be good. Let's, let's move on at my own pace. Right, good? Good. We got voicemails, Ian. Oh, we only got time for a couple. Let's, let's we got, do we it. We've only recorded for an hour 24. This is a quicker one yeah, than usual. Well, I'm talking about the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got 10 minutes. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast if you want to send us some voice messages. We appreciate them. Please keep them short and sweet. And we com- love you. Comments ab- about uh, Ian's eyeglasses are looking stylish. I do like those glasses, Ian. Oh, thank you. I love the, the white little inner brim on there. Or my hair are always welcome. Those comments. They're over a year old. Hey, guys. Alex here. Uh, I've been going over some of your uh, older videos for nostalgia's sake, and I've got a couple of questions for you guys, a couple of pretty meaningless questions. But anyways, Pat, how much of a Highlander encyclopedia are you out of character? And Ian, do you still have that My Shiranui poster from the old Luna store? Thanks, guys. No, I don't have the My Shiranui poster. That was uh, that was Treg's, and I think that is still hanging up somewhere. It was the King of Fighters Maximum Impact poster. Uh, I love Highlander. I do not have an encyclopedic knowledge, but I know enough to get through a conversation with some of the women that used to be on the alt.tv dot Highlander news forum that was on in the 90s. The 90s. I, I could keep up with them, but I, that's all it was. It was all, all women on that site. Uh, and it was like 16-year-old Pat chatting about the latest episode that came out. It was, it was fun times. Um, shout out to anyone out there on alt.tv dot Highlander, by the way. <laughs> anyway, um, I know enough about what happens in the seasons. I know enough of the characters. I know enough about the movies, but I'm not an encyclopedic knowledge. No. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Matt from Rochester, York again. Uh, you've mentioned this con a few times before, uh, the Retro Game Con in Syracuse, New York. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, are you guys ever planning to, to come back to it, um, at least when they have it? Because I know it's been canceled the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Um, it's a bad height. 
think I harassed you about Eli Manning there. I apologize for that. You harassed me about my, my, my buddy Eli? Um, hope all is well. Talk to you guys later. Oh, yeah. Retro Game Con is run great by uh, Pat Milligan up there. It's, 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 it's hard to get to. There's no direct flight, but I love going to Syracuse. Never been there. If you uh, want to see me there, tell them that you uh, want me there. They got a friendlies area. They got, they got decent uh, all-you-can-eat. Tell them you want me there, and I will we'll, go. We'll get you there next year, hopefully. Uh, next. Hey, Ian and Pat, this is Charles from Deerfield Beach, Florida, the sweatiest part of South Florida. Mm. Just a quick question. Uh, what? what retro game, like ColecoVision, Atari 2600, or uh, retro you know, PC game, would you like to see brought ported to mobile? Uh, personally, what? I would like to see a lot of the classic Atari Activision titles like Frostbite, or hero uh, and games like that uh, brought over. Uh, thanks a lot. I never heard anyone say they wanted a retro game ported to mobile ever. Yeah, to mobile? I don't know. I don't I mean, actively want for anything mobile. No. Um, but I have said it a bunch of times. Uh, I would love, I mean, portable, sure, because I think Atari games are, are, are great for portable gaming. Um, I really, really uh, want to see, I know I've already mentioned it about the Evercade, I want to see an Activision Atari I want Barnstorming. I want Pitfall. I want uh, Stampede. Yeah, I, want, can... I want all the good ones. That's what I want to see. It's probably not worth their time, honestly. Activision Blizzard, like, oh, whatever. Who oh, cares? Sure. But, like, yeah, it would make some money. Hey, Pat. Hey, this is Josh again. Hey, Josh. If you guys were offering a million bucks, who would you fight in a celebrity boxing match? Pat, I could definitely see you fighting Tommy Tallarico or that fucking uh, kid Billy from your childhood. I'd take Pat in two rounds, knockout easily. Thanks. Billy was always bigger than me because he was like a year and a half older. And when you're a kid, that's like he could, he, he taught, yeah, he bullied me sometimes when he got pissed. When his parents would yell at him, he would take it out of me. Whatever. I was the smallest boy in the block. I said that. That's not why I'm rough and tough now. Um, who would I fight for a million? I don't need money. If I want to fight someone, I don't need money. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a pit bull with dimples. I'm, I'm, if I'm going to fight someone, I'm going to fight. I don't need money to do it. I mean, if you're going to give me money, sure. Uh, you know, Paulie D, celebrity boxing. <laughs> there uh, you go. Throw some money at me. How about you, Ian? Uh, let me just make sure it's okay. Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, to fight Matt Walsh. I fucking hate Matt Walsh. Oh, he's one of those like political he's, commentators. He's a fucking piece of guys. shit. Yeah, I can't stand him. Okay, next one. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Duffy from Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. I'm curious, Louisville. asking the both of you, uh, what's your funniest story from a convention? Thanks. F- funniest story while we're at a convention. My hmm. funniest story at a convention was kind of walking in on Jack's peeing. <laughs> on who? Jax. Oh, Jax. Jax. I thought you meant multiple Woo-wee! people named Jack. That feels better. And you embarrass. You embarrass poor Jax. By the way, uh, Matt Walsh. Yes, the commentator, not the comedian. Not 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 the good Matt Walsh. Oh, there is a Matt Walsh comedian. Uh, um, that would uh, that would yeah. suck. That would suck if your name was the same as some asshole. Yeah, would be bad. That'd be bad. Uh, fun. I don't know. I don't. I don't have like an laugh out loud moment. Then again, like conventions, a lot of it blurs. You talk to so many people over a weekend. So that's a tough one. Let me let me think about that. I'll come back to that. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Ray Lynn again from Ontario, Canada. Here's a question for both of you. You're about to start the completely unnecessary convention, and each of you get two guests each you can bring. Oh, Jesus. But the only thing is not, they can't be anyone you're friends with or acquainted with. Oh. What guests are you bringing? They don't have to be in the video game industry either. Anything goes. Keep up the great work. Thanks. I know Patrick Stewart. Then I don't know. <laughs> I want Pat Stewart at a convention. Uh, I don't know. Um, huh, it's a tough one. Brian Eno and Jeff Bridges. Jeff. Oh, okay. Jeff Bridges will be fun. There you go. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, give me, give me Van Damme. Then. Yeah, there. Fine. Good enough. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't ask for any uh, extracurricular activity stuff in his green room. You know, I don't think he's doing that stuff anymore. He used a lot of coke back in the day. That's what I'm trying to say. Who didn't though? Hey, Pat and Ian. Adam here from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Question Ypsilanti. for Ian. With major life changes in play after leaving Luna, could there be little Ian's running around the Ferguson Manor? Why do people ask about kids with us sometimes? I don't understand that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't mind. I think it's. I think that is just one of those questions that people always, always ask. Uh, no, Vani and I are absolutely not interested in having kids. Why have kids when you can have cats, as my sister says? Yeah, one of the first like important discussions we ever had was like, how do you feel about kids? No? No? Good. I think that's something that needs to be discussed pretty fucking early on in a relationship. Because I see it tear apart a lot of relationships that... 10 years on. Oh, really? Like, ten, it comes, you got to hash out before you get married. Yeah, exactly. That's not something you can put off. No, I know. Holy but shit. people do. That's like bigger than getting married. People put off everything because they want to fucking stick their dick in something. That That's what guys do. They get. I, I see all these fucking dudes get married because they think Just they're... Just have sex? I don't know what it is. I think sex fucking fucks up people's brains. Oh, yeah. We're, I, I, men, yeah, we're, we're I mean, demons. I mean, I'm just talking as but, a dude because I'm a, I'm a dude, but women, men loving other men, women loving other women, whatever. People get together because they just want, they don't think about the longevity of the situation. People are short fucking sighted. Sex is great, but if that's your primary reason to get into a relationship with someone, that's not, I mean, that's obviously what, historically what it was, though. Oh, you do one man, one woman, and you can't have sex outside your marriage if you're Catholic. And it's like, that creates a lot of bad shit long term, as Ian said. Including babies that no one wants. People, hi, Pat, hi Ian. Paul from Detroit. Hey, uh, just wondering what your workout routines are like, and if you'd ever consider running a uh, Patreon workout session. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Uh, and um, these days, these days, uh, I, I I do curls. Get those, get, get those drinks back. Boom. Yep. About all I'm doing. I actually thought there was a time. After I moved here, I thought about going for yoga certification. There was like a six-month period. I'm like, I like yoga. I do it every week. It would be fun to do that, um, but it's like 150, 200 hours. And it, once I got it, it'd be like, what the fuck do you do with it? Yoga instructors don't make jack shit unless you have your own place. And it's like, it's a cool thing. I mean, uh, you know, at the time, I'm not saying I do it, but it's, yeah, it is nice to be a male yoga instructor when it's 95% women. But that's not reason to get into it. Um, uh, what do I do? I work out. I, I, resistance bands are great. They're 25, 30 bucks. You can do 80 to 90% of what you, you can do at a gym with resistance bands instead of going to a gym and potentially hurting yourself with big weights and being around people and whatever. Uh, so get, get yourself some resistance bands. Do yoga at least once a week. I have a heavy bag as well, more for cardio. And that's what I do. I work out. I only work out like three days a week, maybe four days. I'm getting older. And you honestly, most people, you don't need to work out more than three days a week. That's, that's fine. Um, we got, we got lives. Uh, next. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Mike from Jersey. Love Mike. the show. This question is for Pat. I was wondering who your main influences are for, uh, from radio in terms of your podcast voice. Whenever I hear the podcast and you're speaking, it kind of reminds me of the Opie and Anthony show for some reason. I was wondering if uh, you were ever a fan of that show or Howard or any <laughs> other talk radio in the uh, New York metropolitan area. Okay. Um, again, love the show and speak you. Bye. Oh, I was a huge Opie and Anthony fan growing up in my, in my late teens, early twenties, and probably until into mid twenties when I went to XM. A huge fan uh, of them, but I don't do a radio voice. This is my natural speaking voice. This isn't a, this isn't a come on. 
I don't, I don't, I don't get up there and go, hey, that was a nice show. No, this is my, this is my voice. But they didn't do voices. Howard doesn't do a radio voice. I, I don't do a radio he, voice. I, I think he just meant your oh, voice. Oh, my, oh, like how I present myself. Yes. Oh, okay. I present, this is me. I don't, this is me. I, this is the same as me having a conversation with Ian at Luna for two hours. This is how I am. I'm not vastly different outside the podcast. Maybe Ian, I'm not like a, like a different person. No, I think we both we put up we put we up both a, turn on yeah, when, when it's podcast time. But yeah. I am not I am not much different. I mean, if anything, I'm just quieter. I don't talk this much when I'm yeah. not recording. Yeah, yeah. What's your voice? That's what I meant literally. But no, this is who I am. Maybe some people are surprised about that. But no, I don't. I don't have like a fucking YouTube persona that that makes me kind of sick to my not sick to my stomach. But do what you do do out there, YouTubers. But I couldn't do that. Well, I do a couple more. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. Jeff Dickinson here, Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jeff. Question. Now, I'm watching a video that just went live today about the Amigo and television. Oh. Now, I know it's a sore subject for everybody, sure. me included, but they're releasing these physical editions in four-pack bundles of uh, $79.99, or you get an eight-pack bundle for $149.99. Here's my question. Do you think people are going to be buying these since they're labeled as limited edition collectors, uh, uh, box games? Jeff, I, I can answer that for you. They haven't been. They, no. they, they, they sold all 99% of them in the first three days. They sold supposedly about 10,000 uh, overall copies of the 50,000 yeah, allotment, and that's math, about what's going to sell. The math is something like, yeah, 10,000 individual uh, copies out of 50,000 individual copies. We looked into that in terms of... Sets sold. I can't remember what that was. It's like twenty five hundred sets, or two to three thousand yeah. sets. So some are eight, some are four. Um, and uh, it was all within the first three days. Yeah, that's it. And that's about we we bring it up for it. six thousand pre orders was reaffirmed. Tommy lied about there being twelve thousand pre orders and came after us. Six thousand pre orders of the console in in uh, a year and a half over a year and a half of getting pre orders. Six thousand. Oh yeah, it was in that it was in that the article. article. Yeah. yeah, it was reaffirmed. He came after us saying, "Oh, we did over." We did like twelve thousand six hundred was a number thrown around one point. No matter what you say, six thousand fucking pre-orders is not a sustainable ecosystem. Even if you quadruple that after the, it's released, we'll say you get to thirty thousand, fifty thousand. You're not. That's not sustainable. I think the Apple Pippin had like a thirty thousand to fifty thousand install base, and oh yeah, had a hundred thousand or so, right? That didn't survive. Right, I'm just saying. You see yeah. stuff with thirty thousand install bases, never. That, that's a fl- that's a complete flop. That's like well, like you can't find the games for it, and it's worth a ton of money because well, there you go. So keep on your Mika Prius. Okay, one last one. We got we got uh we got someone checking in. So, posted a picture of the Amico AC adapter on the Intellivision Twitter. Nobody seemed impressed, even though the Amico logo was on the adapter. And I gotta tell you, this is getting exhausting. I mean, I don't know what hoops I have to jump through to win you people over. This is the most thankless generation I've ever seen in my life. And were you too impressed? Of course not. Nothing impresses you. Especially Ian, man. Life just bores the shit out of him. You guys don't even appreciate the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that is a slap in the face to the Italian community. (laughs) Pat, you're a disgrace to all of us. What? And I have had enough of your fans and the hurtful things because of how jealous you are of my accomplishment. I'm going to be in Boston this weekend. So if you want to try the Amico, come on down. We'd love to have you. Bye now. 
<laughs> Real quick, I, I said I'm a disgrace to uh, Italians. I heard a nasty, nasty rumor that I really honestly don't hope is true, Tommy. I heard that you had pizza at one of the events in Boston this past weekend, and my source told me it was Domino's you got while you were in Boston. Couldn't even ask around for the good pizza. Boston is probably East Coast. A, a Boston's like a top probably six pizza city, and you couldn't get real pizza. Nasty rumor, Tommy. I I want you to prove me wrong. I I'll, I will. I, all, in all seriousness, I will say thank you, Tommy. Prove me wrong. Show me the box of real uh, Boston pizza that you got from a real pizzeria, not Domino's. Seriously, from one Thai American other. That's slanderous, and I hope <laughs> that that wasn't true. Okay, that's it for the podcast. That's it. We had fun. We did. It seemed economical. We had a great time. We went through a lot of good stuff. We did. All right. That, I'm getting more pissed about that Atari. Thing, more I hear about it. So just since we're mis- misrepresenting Howard's work, he didn't work on that Yars game. They said he did. The whole thing's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Bye bye. Go to go to patreon.com slash the podcast if you want to hear about me fighting a mouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs>